0: How's it going, everybody? Episode 7 already? We are flying through Season 2. I promised you guys I wouldn't let you down. I continue to bring on some fire guests, and this episode is a prime example of that. I brought on former wide receiver at Laney College, who is on Last Chance U and now playing at the University of Hawaii, Dior Scott. Now, the first thing I noticed out of Dior was the dude can't stop smiling. You know, right when he joined the Zoom call, he was smiling. And <laughs> the thing with smiling is that stuff's contagious. So then I was smiling and he kind of took away my nerves and we got right into it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Super cool experience and be on the lookout. I know I don't know if you've seen if anybody's seen my uh, social media post, but I've started to kind of give a preview of who I'm going to do the next week. And um, one of my last posts I posted, I'm going to be having Patrick McCaffrey, who is on the men's Iowa basketball team, and then Kyler Schott, who's on uh, the Iowa men's football team. So be on the lookout for that. I'm probably going to take a break after episode 10, like I did last season, kind of relax recoup and then get right back into it. Um, I plan to keep doing this as long as I can get people on. I'm going to keep doing this. So thank you guys for everything. I know I've already mentioned this, but I'm going to say it again. The merch was successful and all credit goes to you guys. Um, I did this to kind of just build my brand up and I really realized how many people are actually listening. You know, numbers can say one thing, but having people reach out and you know saying, "Hey, I want a shirt" or even, you know, the numbers they don't they don't give you names. And you know, seeing names coming through from my order forms it's you know, just put a smile on my face because Seeing names, I I never thought I was going to get here, and now we're already almost done with a second season, and this thing's become a passion of mine, and I I can't thank you guys enough, so if you're out there, if you're listening, I appreciate you guys, and you're really making a dream of mine come true, so hope you guys enjoy episode seven with Dior Scott.
1: All right. We're good. Yeah, we're good, we're good. We're good. All right, all right. <laughs> so,
0: how is everything going? Where are you at currently, and what's kind of what's kind of been going on?
1: Ah, uh, man, everything is uh, really up and down, to be honest. Uh, with the whole COVID stuff going on, we're starting football back again. What October first? Uh, that's good. Um, I'm back at home right now with my family, just to uh, help me out mentally and see what's going on with my family. But really, I can really can play in my life right now, to be honest, man.
0: Yeah, here at the University of Iowa, they kind of – the Big Ten called it off. And now uh, I think they're starting up uh, later in October, too. So it's good to see football kind of getting back going again.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's crazy not, you know, not be able to sit on your couch every Saturday and watch some some football. (laughs) So kind of – Talk about what what's kind of been like right after the show. Last chance, you uh, you're obviously on one of the key uh, characters of season five. What was it like immediately after the show?
1: Um, like right after you talking about like when the show aired, like right after when the cameras were off. Cameras were off. yeah. Was it kind of just uh, relax? I think it was a little bit relaxed. It was just uh, I think everything. Good change to be honest for me. Uh, I still have to go on day to day life, still trying to find a way to um, get to a school. Uh, just it was just another day to be honest. I think everything started changing when the show aired. I think when the show aired, that's when people started recognizing me, that's when everything blew up for me. But I think once the cameras got off, it was just another day,
0: and so. You obviously probably watched the season after it it was released. Did you like how you were portrayed? Because you were a character that you know. I watched it in like two nights, and I was I was immediately connected to you because you touched on a lot of things. Not only uh, as a football player, but you know you talked about mental health. You know the hustle. You had a very you know living in your car, uh, working at Wingstop. Getting a full education, playing football, trying to get that, you know, D one scholarship.
1: No, I was very pleased how they portrayed me. Uh I was I think everything I, I'm pretty proud of myself on how I portrayed myself to be honest. Just except in the, the day that is me. Uh nothing everything that people saw on TV, that was really me. That was really what's happening with me. So for the camera could portray me like that and for people to really admire me, look up to me and really um see me as inspiration. It was really a blessing because I never I never even thought about it that way. Just like the whole mental health thing, like how people call me mental health advocate, that was really big for me because I didn't I even um even want that role. That was not my main purpose of it. But I think uh I'm taking that role very seriously because I know mental health is really a serious uh, serious matter. So I will not take that lightly. I'm not going to use that brand to try to build fame off it because that would be selfish and stupid of me. And God didn't want that. God put me on a mission, and I'm going to fulfill that mission. So I'm just really – I'm really pleased how I was portrayed. And, you know, you brought
0: up mental health. That's something I wanted to get into is how can sport really affect – a person's mental health because I've been an athlete uh, throughout high school and it really puts a, a lot of pressure on you. A lot of, and you know, your mind's going a mile a minute. You always want to perform at the best ability, but then when something happens, you know, it kind of tears you down. Kind of talk about what, for you, how has, like, mental – how has sport and mental health kind of, like, came together and kind of interfered with one another?
1: I I was not even think about mental health back in high school or even – A little bit, Juco. Uh, It just fell upon me. Uh, Just know, like, for me, like, it's always been stressful for everybody. Trying to get that D1 level, trying to look the best because there's people looking at you, you got media around. So everybody's trying to stress enough, trying to be the best that they could be. And we don't know how much that really take a toll on us. But we always learn that, like, never show emotions on the field. Um, don't Don't show any signs of weakness. So for me to even come out and really have everybody see how I broke down, that was big for me because I'm really uh, in person. I don't like talking to my friends. I don't like even showing my feelings. So for me to really get out of my comfort zone, that was was new for me. And I'm pretty glad I did it. But, no, uh, I think mental health, like, stress and mental health with the sports really needs to be talked about more because if yeah. we don't have nobody to talk about it, we don't have nobody to go to about it. We're going to keep stressing and it's going to affect our life at the end.
0: Yeah. And that kind of goes with, you know, you always have this mentality and I saw it on your social media. It's always a stray dog mentality. Kind of, kind of talk about <laughs> that. What's, what's the stray dog mentality?
1: Man, uh, Really the straight up intelligence came from I just came out of nowhere and it just popped in my head. I was what done with Juco, and I was still going through just everything going on like me in my car, me trying to find a school, and like me just it feels like everything was falling apart and then just one day I was just thinking, and then I just came up with that with that quote and I was like I should I need to write this down because before I forget it. So, really, a straight dog a straight mentality is having a mentality of a straight dog. You see a straight dog on the street, you're going to try and get away from it. Like, only a few people would try to help it and really care for it. But, really, majority of people are going to get away from it. They don't know what's going on. They're going to leave it alone. But that stray dog is trying to find ends to meet every day, He's trying to find another day to survive. They don't know what the, they're going to eat. don't know where they're going to sleep. But don't know who's trying to get out to get them. So, for me, I instilled that in me because for me, I didn't know where I was going to sleep at the day. I didn't know what I was going to eat. I didn't know if I could eat that day. I don't know if I was going to go to another school. So it was a lot of stuff that was happening. And I was like, okay, I can use this straight dog mentality every day in life. Like I've been using it, but now, I, and now it's a brand behind it. So when I say straight dog mentality, it's more than just a hashtag for me. It's really the way of life is really what was instilled in me from since I was in high school. And I'm just really proud of myself to really stand by that, really have something to live by. Yeah, and
0: when you were living in your car, it was always like you took it on yourself. You never asked for help. You mean you you always just said, like, at the end of the day, if I keep working, if I keep grinding, if I keep hustling, it's all going to pay off. And did you ever, like, ask anybody to, like, you know, like, could I stay at your place or was it just like, I got to get through this by myself so it will help me down the
1: road? No. So it has been where I was trying to uh, go to um, one of my friend's houses, but it always fell apart. So I think it always fell apart, but then I realized like, man, let me stay in my car. Cause I know that's at the end of the day, that's the most secure place I'm going to have. That's, that's not going to leave me. Um, no, really, I just, I just hated asking ask people for stuff, because for me, that just felt like weak, and I was taught at a young age, like, if you ask something for somebody, you're going to look weak, so I didn't even, even ask my mom for stuff. I didn't even ask my mom for stuff. Um, What's it called? Um, all the only time I asked her was, like, $40 for some food, but that was it. She she kept asking me, don't need anything, don't want anything, but I was just make sure that she was okay with the kids, and that i was i know i was gonna be strange so i i really hate asking people for stuff and there was a moment in the show where
0: you showed up to your work study job and you there's a pile of dishes that were supposed to be cleaned by the person before and you cleaned them because you just didn't want to like put that on you kind of fall back on you get the blame you get the blame so like what was like that because i just saw that scene i was just like Wow, this dude is really just hustling for everything.
1: No, so, uh, yeah, uh, so based on work study, we, uh, basically, our coach was like, If, if everything's not clean in the, the day, we're gonna lose our money, and money's a big thing for me, so I need the money. Uh, so I was like, Man, all these dishes here, I'm not gonna leave it alone because then that's gonna mess up everybody's money. And why would I be that selfish and be that? be that petty because somebody forgot to do it. So we don't I know what's going on. So I just did it just in case we just case we don't get in trouble. So I think that was I don't know. Like I said, some of the stuff I did it was just out of just out of instinct. So I didn't really think it would be that huge. But yeah, I just really just did that just for just to help me and my brothers at the end of the day. You know,
0: you're a big character off the field, but you know, on the field wide receiver originally and then yeah. quarterbacks go down and you are just thrown at quarterback, you know, yeah. was that like why playing quarterback was such a struggle because you knew like you really wanted to play wide receiver down the road or was it just like a buildup of everything's and kind of just falling apart and just
1: don't know what to do? Man. So, uh, initially when I got put into quarterback again, I played quarterback in high school and I really didn't have a good career at quarterback in high school. So I always don't focus on man, I suck at quarterback. Like why would I, why would they put me back in a position again where I didn't I didn't do good at? So really I I to myself and really think, okay, I know this is not the situation. I know this is not the best situation for us. I know this is supposed my breakout year, but I didn't do what's best for the team. I didn't do what's best. I didn't do best for the team, to be honest, and that was really much it. And if that was putting me at quarterback, then, hey, I'm going to just go to quarterback and be the best quarterback I can be for this team. Uh, It it was – I didn't even start thinking about, like, recruiting after that until Jared, Jared Smart. uh, He told me about it. He was like, uh, this is going to affect the recruiting. So, I I think about it, like, oh, man, this is going to mess up my recruiting. So, on top of, like, me trying to get a scholarship for a receiver, um, my film not looking as much as my competition, and plus other stuff outside of football. That was just a whole lot of stress building to one. I mean, I think when I had that that um, anxiety attacks, I didn't I didn't know how to an anxiety attack to this day. Uh, I was just going through all the stuff, and like I couldn't even move. It was just I just felt stuck. So for me to help really calm down and really look at life, just really look at life's perspective, and like look. I'm doing what I love basically on my own, but I'm free. Nobody is, nobody's controlling me. So learn to love the little things. And I think that's what I started doing. And, and that's how I really just pushed through to be honest. And
0: it kind of shows a lot of, out of coach Beam for believing in you, Uh, two uh, episodes before this one, I brought him on actually. And I got (laughs) to talk to coach beam and, he had nothing but great things to say about you. So I was going to ask you, kind of talk about Coach Beam, because, you know, talking to him, he just got me fired up. What, what was the relationship for you and Coach Beam, and how kind of has he helped you get to where you are at right now?
1: So at first, at first, me and, relationship, me and Coach Beam, relationship, it, wasn't, it wasn't even close because he didn't recruit me. Uh, Coach Rob recruited me. And you know, Coach Beam is a head coach, so he got other stuff to worry about. So, I think when, I, when he first seen me, it was like, okay, just another player. Um, let's try to get him to the next level. But I think once we start getting to know each other, and once I start making plays for him at practice, we start talking, we start uh, understanding each other more. And I think what brought us closer was just my situation, me telling him what's going on, me telling him what um how I feel about stuff what's going on in my personal life, that's what brought us closer. I think even with without the cameras, we had a pre close relationship because we understood, like, I understood, like, I need him to get where I want to be. But then we realized, like, this coach, till the day he died, till the day I die, he's always going to be my coach. I want to have respect for him. And I think for us, we had that respect for each other that was tremendous. And um, man, what can I say about Coach being Like, what is there not to say about Coach Bean? Uh, he's done a lot for the city of Oakland, not just for me, just for the city of Oakland. And that's what I really respect about him because he knows what he's talking about. At the end of the day, he's carried dudes in the NFL, but he he produced leaders too. And now seeing that how he produced leaders, that he can help me with a lot of stuff. The funny part is that like how coach being me, how me and coach and relationship started as he couldn't even say my name at the beginning of the time. it was a hard time to say my name. He used to call me Borgiono DuJour. He could never say Dior. So he was like, forget it. I'm just calling him DiGiorno. And everybody started laughing. But it was funny to me because, like, man, you can't even say my name when I'm thinking. My name's pretty easy. But then, like, like, like my whole freshman year, that was my name, DuJourno. And then, like, people started getting like, oh, like a pizza. So then that's why I started using DuJourno for cheese because um that's why I that's why I started wearing number four to be honest. Like number four is not like a personal number or anything like that. It's just a funny number. So I think that's how beam me and beam's relationship started off it's something funny and then it is built up to some like more personal close. Like we still talk to today. day. Just he's helped me a lot. He helped me a lot around the island because he has major connections in the island. So for with the help of him, I'm really secured in the island. So a part of the episode
0: kind of with Coach Beam that I asked him about was when he brought on um, the Oakland police officer to kind of talk to you guys. What was that moment for you as an athlete? What did you kind of think about that situation?
1: For him to bring a police officer in the day and age of what we're going through and see the police officer perspective about life, just, it's just put a toll, it's not a toll, but it's put a perspective in my life too. It's like, look, I, at the end of the day, I can be a successful a successful pillar in, in my community. Um, I don't need to make big money to make, create an impact in the community. I can do something small, like be a teacher, be a coach. So for him to really come out and talk to us and what's going on, it was really an kind of eye-opener to me because we all hear the saying, like all like all cops are not the same. It's like, okay, yeah, we, we understand that. But for him to really speak out and come to us how, like, he's trying to be on our side and stuff and how he felt about stuff, it's like, okay thank you for that because we needed that because some of us, some of us needed to hear that because we all have this bad history with cops. We all have these bad thing about cops. So I feel like for him to come in, it was really a blessing. Yeah.
0: And I think he really showed that he cared about it. You know, he cares about his athletes doing that and then, you know, helping you out, you talking to his wife after everything you were going through, he was really there for his athletes because well, on the previous Last Chance U seasons, you always see the coach, they're just trying to get out. You know, they they just want to get out for themselves. And I feel like Coach Beam, he's been there for how many years? And he, was, he just showed that he was there helping you guys get out instead of him.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, that's, that's really how it was. And what was crazy is, like, he kind of dialed back a little bit from the camera because he wasn't trying to – be like that that mean asshole he was. But uh it was just really different from seeing how the coaches was back in the old last century. Which really I would play for them, too. Like I respect I respect the superior authorities. That's just how I am that's how I raised. Respect all coaches. So I would really respect the coaches who was on the previous last year too, because obviously they know what to do. They have they got players in the field. They got Hall of Famers. So they know they know what it takes. But with, with Coach Beam, he's really more up close and personal. He he's not in it for the money. He's not in it for the fame. He's in it for his kids, for his community. And that's why look, that's what that's what I needed at this time. Uh really to have somebody who was really there for me and not just use me as a booster system.
0: And now I wanna talk about something. I've noticed that there's a change from Dior Walker Scott to Dior Scott. I wanna ask can you talk about that?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, so really my government name is D. R. Walker. Uh, and I knew at the time from 16 to 17, I didn't want that name no more just because I hate that name. I hate the Walker name. I I hated Jarvis so much. I was like, bro, I don't want your name no more. So that was a big controversy. And really Scott, that's my mom's maiden name. I was like, let me create my own legacy with this name. So, really, Scott is really a new Dior. Um, I want everybody to respect me as Dior Scott. I, I know Dior Walker Scott because that was that was in Last Chance U. I only use Walker Scott just because for recruiting purposes and make sure the coaches know like, who I was. But really, after the show, I'm changing my name to Dior Scott just because I want that new legacy in life. I want to turn over a new leaf, a new chapter, and really, that's why I got Scott's head on me because wash uh, wash out the old blood in with the new, and that's really my legacy right now. You
0: were, you were Instagram live, and I hopped in getting a tattoo. What what was the, what was that tattoo? Was it the tattoo? You were, yeah.
1: What is it? So it's a it's a four leaf clover with a stem wrapped around it. Uh, really, it symbolizes good luck and stuff like that. But also, my birthday is right after St. Patrick's Day. So I was like, let me do something living for my birthday. And also, the four leaves stand for my siblings, Joshua, Jeremiah, Jasmine, Jojo. And then the stem wraps around my little brother that passed um, back in 07. Um, He's still around me. He's still going to be with me till day I die. So that's really where I got that tattoo, um, just because to honor my little siblings and really have Good luck and good luck and peace with me everywhere I go.
0: Right on, yeah. I saw you do that, and I, I was I was just watching you get your tattoo, and I was like, "What does he get?" I couldn't figure out what it was. I was like, "What's getting on his hand?" And I had to ask you about that. So that that's yeah. super cool. I I honestly personally will probably never get a tattoo just because I'm I'm a wimp, but <laughs> <was actually> cool. <laughs> so last you felt like you were set on Hawaii, like you wanted to get. What was like the the Hawaii connection, kind of talk about that. And how has it been so far? I know you said football's kind of been paused, but now it's kind of getting picked back up. What has it kind of been at, like at the University of Hawaii, finally getting out of uh, California now, you know, being able to continue to pursue your dreams?
1: Really, Hawaii was really stuck on my mind since spring semester of sophomore year. Uh, I knew, that you know, I couldn't get into a big name school just because of my size, stature and just because of what was going on. So I knew, uh, once I found that Hawaii was interested in me and they was talking to me, I was like, okay, so I need to make some mistake with Hawaii because there's, there's been other schools too, but they haven't really, they talked to me one time and that was it. But for Hawaii, it was really, we kept talking back and forth, uh. The old coach, the old receiver coach, he kept talking to me, texting me, telling me what's going on. And plus, Jared Smart, uh, my old landing teammate, he was there. He was telling me what was going on. And uh, basically, uh, once I found out I, got, I had the walk-on offer, they really told me I don't need to pay anything just for just my tuition. So, really, that was a big thing for money situation because I was going to walk on, but also I could have financial help with Jared. I could just live with him, and all I can do is pay for tuition. Me and my family, we can set something aside where we can do that. That's less money that we need to worry about. So, really, Hawaii was really set on me, like, like two months before I left. But then once I got that call to go, I was so nervous because I didn't know what to do. Like I was, scared. I wanted to leave California, but like me having the opportunity to really leave California, I was like oh, okay, like now this is getting real. So I don't, I was scared and I didn't know what to do. But once again I had to get out of my comfort zone. I know I need to get out because I didn't want to be living in my car. I was tired of doing the same routine. I was tired of not having not having a bed. So once I got to Hawaii, it was just really just off a leap of faith, to be honest. I was scared to know what to do. And once I found out the head coach left once I found out pretty much the whole coach staff left to Wazoo, I was pretty scary. I was pretty nervous because I didn't know what the new coach staff is going to be like. I didn't know how they're going to feel about me. So I was pretty scared. I thought about going back to California with Coach Beam so we could find something else to go to. But once again, I've talked to Coach Rob. i uh, talked to my mom. talked to myself and really had a conversation with God. It was like, look, I think this is the best place for me right now. So let's just figure it out and see what the new coach staff is. Luckily, I love the coach staff. They love me. I work hard every day. Uh, they see I'm working hard every day. So – for me to still be on the team is really a blessing. I think I'm wearing number 87 this year. Uh, so we're going to see what it does. Um, like I said, we're going to see what happens within two to three years, man.
0: I don't know. I'm excited for you. Like I said, you were a guy that I was pushing forward for from the beginning of the season to the end. Uh, you're just a super cool dude. And, you know, you talked about getting out of your car and being able to have a bed. What was it like, you know, getting to – the university, and finally just feeling like, like you said, dang, this, I made it, I'm getting there, I'm finally out.
1: So, um, when I first landed in Hawaii, just smelling that air, it's been like, oh, Chris, I'm like, oh my God, this is serious. And then I think uh, when I first got on the island, uh, it was uh, mishaps with the the house situation, so we didn't have a house for like a month. I think once we finally got a house and then once I finally like had a bed to myself, really laid down and like I really cried about it just because like man, this is what I really work for and I know was, I know I'm not done because obviously I don't got a scholarship yet. So this is just the beginning. So I woke up cried with like an hour, but then I know how to get right back to work because this is this is more than what I want. I got the bed, that's all right, check it off. Now I need to go get a scholarship, now I need to go be a factor. So I'm still trying to move, I'm still trying to grind because I know this is not the end. So, once football
0: is is over, hopefully you have a long career ahead. I'm, I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. But once football is finally over, are you thinking about, you know, going back and helping players with their mental health, coaching? You know, is there is there something that you still want to stay tied with football?
1: Yes. I think once uh, football is done for me, I'm going to still stay around the sports world. Uh, whether that be coaching, whether that be athletic training, whether that be mental health, I don't know which. The plan for in the future, I'm not really just on the forward, but I think, I, I know once football is done, I'm going to still be around the football world. And another question,
0: a quick question I want to ask, I always like asking, if you weren't playing football, what's, I see the Rays jersey, is it baseball, basketball? What's your, like, other secondary
1: sport? Baseball. Uh, I, I, I played baseball back, what, back in high school. I think I quit. Sophomore, sophomore year, just because I don't work, do work mainly on football, but no, I was a decent baseball. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like now I'm thinking about like, man, I should have played baseball just because baseball is really like baseball is really fun, but it's really a hard sport. Uh, I think once once pitchers start throwing ninety, I was like, yeah, baseball is done for me. But I really wish I could have took the time. But no, I think other than football, I would really, I would really dive into baseball again. What what position were you? Outfield infield Uh, i can play anywhere but uh really middle infield
0: and outfield middle infield outfield. right on and is are the rays your team or
1: no no i just like the shirt shirt.
0: (laughs) right on so now i want to i just want to say thank you this was cool i reached out to you not really you know i just started this podcast in may and I'm a, I'm a journalism major at university of Iowa. And I kind of just wanted to build up, build up my name, kind of get my name out there. And I started off, you know, with close friends, like past teachers. And I never thought I would get to, you know, guys like, like you, like yourself, um, coach beam. And it's just really an honor. And when you were to me, I was just like, let's go like (laughs) I'm ready for this, you know, nerves aside. I gotta, I gotta get myself prepared. I have, I had to think of questions. I really dug deep, and I really enjoy you, dude. So so thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I think for me and Coach Bean, we just don't see ourselves as really like Hollywood. We don't try to live in the moment with the, with the big lights just because we knew what we were before. So I think for us, we don't try to be too Hollywood. We try to really answer everybody's request. So I think really thank you for having me. Really thank you for really reaching out to me.
0: Like I said, thank you so much. This is super cool. I know my audience, when I I announced that you were going to be on, they were like, Dior, like, no way. (laughs) He was on Netflix. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's it's getting real. So thank you so much. Spend time with your family. And uh, when football comes back up for the University of Hawaii, I'll be looking for 87, all right?
1: Thank you, man. Thank you.
0: All right. See you later, Dior. See you later, man.